Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On this week's episode, I interview friend and trainer Marcy Nevin from California. She is an amazing person and she shares her struggles. She gets super vulnerable with us about her own personal journey and she shares a bunch of mistakes that she has made in her own transformation and how you guys can learn from her. We talk about finding joy in the process of your fitness journey, self-reflection, ways to add joy to your life other than using food for emotional eating, and the way that we wrapped up the episode was an amazing quote, and I'm going to share it with you here. People care less about how you look and more about how you make them feel. So tune in. Please let me know what you guys think. Give me feedback on iTunes, Spotify, or my website, www.balancewithsam.com slash podcast. And I'm really excited for you guys to tune in now. Hi, Marcy. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Hi again. Hi. <laughs> Maybe second oh. time's a charm. Right. We're, hopefully it's not third time's charm. That's how, I know. how the saying really goes. But yeah. <laughs> For real. Yes. Um, all right. So we'll just jump right into it. And okay. I'll, I'll introduce you to, to everyone that's listening. Um, so I'm on the phone with Marcy Nevin. And that's how you say your last name, right? Yes, correct. Okay. J- just making sure. Um, and Marcy is out in California. Sunny, but smoky California. Uh, she is a personal trainer. She trains clients online and in person. And she's been doing that for like 12 years uh, and her her mission or philosophy is like to take the stress out of nutrition and fitness so it can be fun uh, and approachable and people can live their quote-unquote best lives which I love because what's better than having fun and you know like reaching your goals <laughs> exactly and, and doing it without a whole lot of stress involved which, yeah <laughs> right I know I think it's when from the outside it could seem like fitness or nutrition or anything like that is just this big obstacle and hurdle it's like no like it's it's gonna be okay like we can have fun and laugh about this you know (laughs) absolutely and I only know that from doing things wrong for a really long time (laughs) yeah and honestly that's exactly why I wanted you on the show or you know on the podcast is because of exactly that like sharing your journey and all those mistakes that you've made that you kind of talk about on your little like website bio which I really really loved was like just how brutally honest you are like yeah I fucked up a lot and like and, you know, I've, I've learned from it, and now I want to help you skip those steps. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I guess, like, diving right into it, do you want to kind of walk us through your fitness journey, whether that be, like, pre-personal trainer or starting as a trainer, um, and kind of just, like, take us from wherever you want to start? You can... You can okay. just jump right into it. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll try to be as brief as possible because the podcast that I've been on previously, it's like kind of turned into this like huge diatribe. But anyway, so this <laughs> version is, and nobody believes this until I actually show them pictures of when I was younger. But yeah. I would say starting at the age of about 12, I maybe you know, 10, 12, I started to gain weight. And I remember previously like being really confident in my skin and just super like energetic, outgoing. And then I started to gain this weight and that really took a toll on me. And yeah. I no longer felt confident. I kind of felt like I wanted to hide all the time and I was just super self-conscious. And so I began exercising at a pretty young age. I remember going or seeing this infomercial for a product called The Firm, which Sam, you are way too young, <laughs> way too young to remember. But uh, yeah, and so with whatever money a 12 year old has, like, I don't know how I got it. but I did, <laughs> And I was able to to buy this workout VHS, like not even a DVD. Wow. Yeah. yeah back throwback. <laughs> I know, like early 90s. Um, and I bought this VHS and I started doing it in the living room of my parents' house, just trying to get in shape, not really mm-hmm. knowing what I was doing, but believing that if I just did this workout, I was going to look like the women 
on yeah. the video. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And that, that definitely did not happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the hell? Why not? False marketing. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, you know, because at the time, I was still, like, eating, you know, pizza and, like, literally cream puffs and you know, stuff like that. So I had, I had no idea what, what good nutrition is. And, you know, to no fault of my parents, but they didn't really have a great idea either. Um, you know, for my mom, like, good nutrition was eating you know, whole wheat bread instead of white bread and, Mm -hmm. you know, not giving me like sugary cereal. But aside from that, I was able to, you know, drink real Coke and and just like stuff that totally does not make sense now. So yes, I I developed a little bit of a weight problem uh, despite being very active and playing tons of sports. So like I said, I I tried to exercise my way out of that and realized that it definitely didn't work. And so once I got to middle school, I started asking my mom questions like, all right, I'm not feeling good about myself. What can I do to lose weight? And I think I remember the first thing she said to me was, oh, well, try not to eat as much fat. And so I took that to mean, okay, well, I'm not going to eat fat, but then I can eat, you know, all of the non-fat items. (laughs) All of the carbs. (laughs) Yes. All of the carbs. Um, And so that went on for a while. And then, like, I mean, I remember, gosh, being a sophomore in high school and eating, like, a pack of Skittles every day in class because a pack of Skittles only has two and a half grams of fat. Yes, I actually did the same thing, and they were tropical Skittles, I, like, remember (laughs) so distinctly. That's hilarious. So good. So I would go from, you know, a packet of Skittles at... Oh, I don't know, 11 a.m. to then going out to lunch and going to the frozen yogurt place and getting a huge fat free frozen yogurt with like tons of chocolate sprinkles, um, which probably, <laughs> if I'm like doing the math, easily over 100 grams of carbs in that, right? Yeah. So, right. so yeah, I mean, I just, I knew nothing, but I was able to lose a little bit of weight um, because also around that time I went on Weight Watchers, which is all about, you know, like basically it's kind of like counting macros, but you count points instead. Mm -hmm. And it's a totally flawed system because you can essentially, you know, eat Big Macs and whatever you want if it fits into your points for the day. Sure. So I wasn't necessarily like getting good nutrition from that either. Um, And, but I was able to lose a little bit of weight so that, okay, like I feel better about myself. I'm gaining more confidence. Uh, and then I started to do more exercise. Like my mom and I would go to the gym. We would take step classes. Uh, I was lifting weights a little bit. So yeah, Mm -hmm. all those things like allowed me to make some progress, but, uh, where things really turned around for me was when I was a senior in high school, I took a sports medicine class and, one of the units that we did was all about nutrition and exercise. And so my instructor gave us all a copy of this book, Body for Life, which I don't know if you remember that. Um, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so that would have been 2002. Uh, okay. So, you know, quite a long time ago. And that was all about like the clean eating, the six small meals a day you know, weight training, yeah, yeah, yeah. high intensity interval training, you know, lots of supplements because the guy who wrote this book, Bill Phillips, he was the uh, creator of the company EAS, which was a huge supplement <gasps> yeah. company at the time. Right. So yeah. it's like, okay, you're going to eat six small meals a day. And three of them are going to be, you know, real food with like a protein, a carb, a vegetable. And then the other meals are going to be these protein shakes, shakes. That, which yeah. I, I actually loved the protein shakes. They were really good. So <laughs> I, I didn't mind the diet at all. And then the weight training was kind of, a, if I remember correctly, like a, a body part splits, you know, back and buys this and that. Um, and it was very structured. And then so you did the, the weight training days and then you had a day of interval training. So it was I mean, a decently solid workout program. And I yeah. was following that. And I was, again, getting some good results. Um, but where things, like, really started to go wrong was at that time, I had been dating somebody for, oh, gosh, like, probably the past two years. And he was a year older. And he decided that he was going to go to college in Arizona at ASU. Okay. So all I could think about was, like, these, you know, like, beautiful blonde sorority girls that he was going to meet. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, he was going to, like, break up with me. And Sam, it was, like, it was so scary for me at that time because I hate to admit it, but, like, 
my life kind of like revolved around him, you know? And, yeah. and I almost like had no identity and, but I felt, and I remember thinking this, okay, like I'm going to show him, you know, he's going to go off to college. And when he comes back to visit, like, I'm going to, you know, have like this awesome body and yeah. he's Hot going, Marcy you know, 2.0, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna you know like really regret ever leaving yeah so it was this total like need for control and validation and what went from you know just wanting to like feel better about myself turned into kind of a uh an unhealthy obsession yeah so graduated from college probably weighed about 108 pounds I was you know healthy I looked fit everything was good and then I got to college and you know, I don't really know what happened. And I don't feel like I was super restricting my diet in the beginning, um, or even really increasing my exercise all that much. Yeah. But it could have just been because I was like walking so much and I was really active. And I still was, you know, eating clean and, and all that. I lost about 10 pounds my freshman year. So rather than gaining Whoa. the freshman 15. Yeah. I lost like at least 10. So, you know, at this point I weighed like 98 pounds and how I tall are you? Five foot two, but I okay. was like a bag of bones because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have much muscle mass on me and yeah, it was just, it was bad. So anyway, um, that, that did turn, you know, very unhealthy and I'm super open about talking about that on yeah. my Instagram and just let you know, like my mindset around food and around fitness and, I was working out twice a day. My diet pretty much consisted of like whey protein, oatmeal, egg beaters, vegetables, <laughs> and like all of the sugar-free products that you could think of, you know? Yeah. like So sugar-free jello and anything that like two packs of sugar-free gum a day just to like curb my cravings and, you know, make it so I didn't feel hungry. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I really, really did damage to my body that to be honest, I'm still recovering from to this day because it really messed my hormones. Um, I think it's probably the reason why I developed an autoimmune disease, a thyroid disorder. Yeah. And all these conditions that take a really long time to recover, even though I have been kind of out of that mindset and, uh, in a way of doing things for a really long time now. So yeah, yeah, that, that's basically all of it. (laughs) Wow. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I mean, that's, that's huge that you're so open about it. Like, I love that you, you like rock it. You're like, yeah, that's me. And I'm here and I'm going to learn from it and help other people, whether they have dealt with it or not, just know that everyone has something, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I try to use it as a way to inspire people to, you know, don't go down that path because it's really ugly. And once you lose your health, you can spend a really long time trying to recover it if you ever do. So, you know, and like being lean, looking a certain way, it's just, it's not worth it. It really isn't. And even when you get to that point, it's, we, we've all heard this, right? Like talking about, you know, self-love. It's like, if you don't already love yourself for, for how you look or who you are before Mm. you lose the weight, you're not going to feel any better about yourself once you do. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things too. I don't know if you've experienced this, but like, it's never enough, Right. Yes. You, know, you lose some weight and it's like, okay, well, I look good, but like I can look better. I could have, yeah. you know, more muscle. I could be even leaner. And so it just like becomes this obsession and yeah. it never, it can never end if you're not in a good mental place. Going yes. Into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's funny. Like, have you ever seen photos of yourself where at that point you were like, oh, I could be leaner. I could be leaner. And then you come out of that, right? Like you gain some weight back and you look and you're like, oh my God, I was so freaking lean. Like, where was oh, I going to get leaner? Like, like where <laughs> was I going to get leaner? And then that's the thing too, is like, you know, I wanted like my, my goal was to look like a figure competitor because at the time, um, what was it like oxygen, muscle and fitness hers, like those were the magazines that uh-huh. were like really popular. I mean, magazines yeah, yeah. I feel are kind of like dead almost. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, you know, there the internet and blogs were kind of just becoming popular. But everything you saw was magazines, and I would buy these buy these magazines and go through them and be like, oh my gosh, like I want her shoulders, I want her back. You know, like I wanted to be super muscular, but I was doing all of the wrong things 
to get there. And what you don't know, what they don't tell you in the magazines is that, you know, these women are not building these physiques from eating chicken and broccoli and doing their two hours of cardio, right? Like, which was what I thought that I needed to do. So that's what I did. But I did not at first, you know, build that base of muscle so that I had something, I had an actual physique to uncover when I did lose the body fat. And yeah. yeah, I mean, what you don't know is those women are likely on drugs, and I'm just going to say it, you know? Oh, so, yeah, and, like, right. Photoshop and lighting and yeah. posing. It's, like, there's yeah. a lot. And there, there is a lot. So, unfortunately, I didn't know that at the time, and I thought that I could just, you know, diet and cardio my way to a leaner, more muscular body, and that was not the case. And I mm-hmm. remember, like, hating to train legs, and I went – my lower body was always the thing that I was self-conscious of. So Uh going back to that like 12 year old me, it's like, Oh, I hate my thighs. And that's like always what I've been like trying or what I was trying to whittle down. And so in college I still didn't like my thighs and yeah, I went like an entire year without even working my lower body because I had that mentality of like, Oh, if I train legs, I'm going to bulk them up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Oh yeah. So I just made all the mistakes. Well, you know, it's, it's good that you're sharing that stuff because I bet you a lot of people, maybe even some people listening to like, they still think that, you know, and it's like, it's so easy to, to see a magazine, even, even us now, like if you see a magazine or a fitness model, like, oh my God, like I want her legs. I want her this. It's like, no, like you probably won't get there one because your physique or your body is so different that you yes. actually won't be able to achieve those proportions. Even if you worked your ass off forever, you know, because like I'm five, I'm also five foot two, maybe not even. Uh, and so I'm never going to look like that Victoria's Secret model that's walking down the runway because she's six foot one and in order for me to have those proportions I would have to have like a totally different bone structure (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes exactly right like a different bone structure different muscle insertions different you know I mean everything you could you could say yeah exactly Um, yeah yeah so it's so hard it's so hard not to compare us ourselves to the people that we see online but the reality is you just can't because not only do you maybe not have the genetics but you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people, like, that is what they're paid to do. They're paid to basically, like, train all the time and eat super clean all the time and not have a life outside of that. Yeah. Um, and yep. that's just no way to live. Yeah, the cost, know, the cost of being lean. It's like, is it, is it really that worth it? And, well, no. and that, that's no. the <laughs> thing. is like, I really don't think that those people are that fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yep. And I think, so that actually, it kind of makes me want to segue into, um, like accepting the way that you look Mm -hmm. in the mirror or if you take progress photos, right? Like if you're you or maybe your clients, like when they, when they check in with you, or even if you do check-ins to yourself, like you just look in the mirror and you glance, like when for you did that, um, like shift in mindset happen where you were kind of like, okay, I need to stop worrying about what everyone else looks like and just like focus on me and not the comparison of me to said this, you know, this person in this magazine or my friend who has these great legs or this, this great shoulder, you know, set of shoulders. Like when did that happen for you? And kind of, can you like talk me through the, the things that you did to help you get into like a healthier place? I mean, to be honest with you, uh, it's still a struggle. Mm-hmm. It is, it's absolutely still a struggle. And, you know, in the interest of full transparency and vulnerability, um, yeah, I, I still don't love the way that I look and I would want to be more muscular and leaner. And I actually, I put on about 15 pounds in the past year uh-huh. because I decided that I was kind of like sick of my own bullshit and I was sick of only trying to improve my physique and like that being the one thing that was like constantly on my mind and I was, I was just kind of spinning my wheels. So I was following programs from very reputable coaches in the industry. Uh, You know, some big names that I'm sure all of your followers or all of the listeners would know, but there wasn't like a huge emphasis on getting stronger. It was more improving how you look, which at the time was what I thought that I wanted. But then I was also realizing, okay, you know what? Like, that isn't always that fulfilling and I kind of want more. So my boyfriend is a 
competitive power lifter um, uh-huh. who is very, very good at his sport. He, yeah. I think, squatted. Best squat is a thousand three. Deadlift. Holy 100. shit! Yeah, I don't. Hey. I don't, yeah. Right. So, so you know, and that was hard too for me. Like dating him, um, and it's like we initially we hit it off because we had like lifting and or passion for lifting in common. But my insecurity buttons definitely got pushed in that relationship mm. because here he was, like you know achieving yeah. these goals and uh, doing these really great things. And like, I was the one who had been training for, you know, the past 12 years or however long and still feeling like I wasn't really getting to where I wanted to be. So last September, I ended up training at the place where he does his powerlifting and just said, you know what? I'm sick of my own bullshit. Like I said, I sick of spinning my wheels and not really like focusing on gaining strength. So I want to come in here and get strong. And so that's what I've been trying to do for the past year and definitely have gotten stronger. But one of the requirements was that I had to put on weight and I had to put it on fast. So I, uh, I went from being about uh, probably 102 pounds to now being like 115. Mm -hmm. And because I had to gain the weight so quick, it was like what my coach said I had to do in order for me to train there. Yeah. Uh, I had like weekly check-ins where, Hey, are you on track? And I actually missed one of my check or yeah. One of my check-ins, I was underweight and he kicked me out of the gym for a month. So, wow. uh-huh. so I like had to like go work out on my own again, had to gain the weight, had to come back. And so now I'm back and things are good. Yeah. But I think that just shifting from, yeah, just focusing so much on how you look to what your body can do is really powerful and helpful, but that's not to say that I still don't struggle with wanting my body to look a certain way, but it's not all that I'm focused on. And the other thing I think that's important is really like taking a step back and realizing, okay, maybe I've gained weight or maybe I don't look how I would want to look, but is anybody in my life treating me differently because of that. And I was really hung up on what are people going to say? What are my clients going to say? What are my coworkers going to say? Is my boyfriend going to like not be attracted to me because I'm gaining this weight? And none of those things happened, right? Like not one person has said, wow, Marsh, like you've really put on the pounds, haven't you? And for someone who's five foot two, Sam, like I'm sure you can relate to this. Yeah. 15 pounds. I mean, I would say 12 to 15 pounds is what it's been uh, depending on the day. That's a lot of weight for someone our height. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no one has noticed. Or if they have noticed, they have not treated me any differently. I haven't lost clients. My boyfriend didn't leave me. My parents don't love me any less. So really just, you know, kind of like taking a broader perspective and realizing that it is who you are as a person that matters, not what you look like. And it's what your body can do. It's how you show up in the world. It's how you treat people. That is what really matters. That is how people are going to remember you. And that is what you have to contribute, not how you look. So I really had to do a whole mindset shift and, and realize that that's what is important. So not wow. to say I don't have my bad days, right? Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, yeah, of course. On what day was it? It was Tuesday and my, my, or our, our powerlifting coach's wife, had said to me when I was in there earlier in the day, like, oh my gosh, I found this picture of Jeff from like 2014, which is right before we met. And yeah. you should see like how small he was. Like, it's so funny. So she sent the <laughs> picture to him. He sends the picture to me. And it was like, it was really funny. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like you were that small. And at the time, yeah. he wasn't even small, right? Right. Just then, smaller. <laughs> smaller. And then he like puts it next to this picture of him squatting from last week where it's like quads are just huge, like totally striated you know, shoulders are bulging, like veins everywhere. And I'm like, (laughs) and he sends me the side by side. I'm like, really dude? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because just that prior, you know, the day before I was kind of like, Oh, you know, like I'm not really loving how my body looks right now. I'm kind of struggling with it. So it's things like that, that, you know, they come up and they really, uh, they put it in perspective a little, they they put it in perspective, (laughs) but you know, they also, they do put it in perspective, but it, also makes you realize that okay you know sometimes like I still have some work to do yeah Um, oh yeah yeah 
Yeah. It's so funny. Like, I feel like we're the same person just across <laughs> the country. <laughs> I know, like, how? Because uh, we haven't met yet in real life, but that's about to happen soon. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's so cool. I think that for me, like, based on what you just said, which I, I mean, I think your journey is incredible. And I, I like, I don't know. I, I think it's really, really important for anyone in their journey to just acknowledge that, like, you're never going to be like there, you know, like whatever that there is, like, there's always going to be more work to do. But I think what it comes down to truthfully is and what you exactly what you said is what you can do, like how you can perform or how you can be like the best version of you. And because at the end of the day, like whether I have like, you know, like, a 35 inch waist or a 26 inch waist that doesn't make me more or less of a capable person you know um and it's it's like I think that we all kind of think like oh well like the leaner we are the more we can contribute to the world or like the better human will be like no that's like no like well it's, it's you know there's there's a place for that you know but I think that if we're so focused on aesthetics that we don't get a chance to see like what we're capable of, it's hard. Like we get in our own way. We get in our own way. That, that is so true because when you are not confident in how you look, you don't put yourself out there as much. And it's such just like a selfish mentality, right? Because if I am constantly worried about, Oh, if I post this picture of me, you know, being a little bit or being less lean, right. Or having like cellulite, then people aren't going to respect me or they're going to unfollow me or they're not going to find me credible, whatever it may be. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I'm sure are thoughts that we've had. Sure. But if you are letting that stop you from spreading a bigger message, then that is a real issue. And the more hyper-focused you are on your physique and the more you are acting in a selfish way, or like you have a selfish mentality, the less people you are ultimately going to help. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because some of the most incredible people that I know, you know, smart, successful, um, engaging, you know, like whatever, funny, whatever it may be, uh, whether they're clients of mine, friends of mine, whoever, you know, they, they're overweight or like they don't have the perfect body. And I think about it, I'm like, does that make me love them any less? And no, it doesn't. Do I want them to be healthy? Yes, I do. Uh, but if they, you know, made, maybe they don't have the ideal physique in someone else's mind, so long as they're healthy and they're happy and they're contributing, uh, that's all that really matters, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the the thing for me that, like, shifted my mindset was as soon as I – like, I was so hung up. I was the same way, like – once once I because I was in the in the reverse boat where I was overweight and I was like oh I need to like be super hyper focused on like being as skinny as possible and like that can happen for so long before like you kind of burn out you know like you're you're dieting you're dieting you're like what the fuck like I'm still not where I want to be and like I didn't really know like what to do it was my definitely my diet that helped me shift gears but I think what really helped me was lifting like just focusing on being strong and as Mm -hmm. soon as I shifted it's not like it was an immediate shift by any means but I talk about that sometimes it is like oh it seems like oh I just had this like I woke up one morning and I was like oh I'm gonna be strong today and like I'm gonna lift weights and I'm gonna be great like no it didn't happen like that although it would be cool if it did but um as soon as that that shift started to happen I noticed like I stopped caring so much about my physique but that's when it started changing the most you know and like I felt confident enough to continue doing what I was doing and not not feeling like burnt out or like you were talking about like the sugar-free stuff like which I still sometimes do and I'm like what am I like what am I eating like I'm drinking (laughs) diet soda like why am I no Sam like just drink whatever you want to drink like just stop being silly you know it's like it's like I still go through those same those same phases and then I have to like almost step out of myself and say why am I actually doing the things that I'm doing? Like, what is my reasoning behind it? And I still go through those same exact struggles now, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think like acknowledging that we, even as coaches, like we go through that and it's, it's okay. Yeah. And I I think it's an all, it's an ever evolving process. Right. And we're humans Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're all humans and you know, we probably do care what people think. And I don't think that there is a problem with wanting to look your best or wanting to 
change your body. Like, I'll be perfectly honest, you know, I still want bigger shoulders and firmer glutes, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but it's, I'm not so hung up on it that I cannot, that I don't enjoy the process or I'm so, you know, like upset all the time that I can't fully live my life. Yeah. Yep. I think it's like when it starts to become ever consuming, like you can't enjoy the other things, right? Like there's the gym, there's what you eat, but then there's like a whole other work, you know, like the rest of your life. And if, if it's, if you're so hyper-focused, like I know for me, like I've gone through phases and actually I'm going through one right now where I've been so conscious of my eating um, and diet that like it's actually consumed me in a way that it never has before. Like I'm always thinking about food, not because I'm hungry, but just like I'm like, oh, what am I going to have for my next meal? Like, <laughs> okay, you know, like, and I, I've, I've just been not like happy about it. I'm like, why am I so hyper focused on this? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to eat and it's going to be okay. Like, what's going on? And I've tried to step outside myself. Like, there's so many other things to be enjoyed in life. Like, why am I so hyper worried about this? You know? Well, yeah. And that's interesting. I mean, trust me, girl, I love food and I'm thinking about what my next meal is too, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I mean, I think that, and I don't know when that started for you is part of it because of what you're dealing with right now with your, I don't want to say health struggles, but like your digestion issues that you've talked about, like, is it that, or is it more just like thinking about literally like, what am I going to eat next? Because um, it's not so much digestive. It's more like, what am I going to eat next? Because, mm-hmm. and I think it's honestly because I've been working with a lot more clients on their own habits and their own, um, like how they think about food. And so it's made me step back and think more about my own approach to diet. So it's like, it's in my mind more. And so I just, it's something that's consumed more of my thoughts than mm. it has in the past. And it's really interesting to, to like step outside and be like, whoa, like, my mind is thinking a lot about something that I never thought so much about. And, and that could go for like, you could exchange that thought for anything, like how you look in the mirror or like how overweight you feel or how anything you feel or think it's like, just like thinking, Oh, is this like, am I, do I feel like balanced, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's a, I think it's a, it's an ever, it's like an ever changing struggle that, we'll never be able to truly like, you know, it's not like it's about, about fixing it, but it's a more about like discovering like, okay, this is a good way to like mediate it. Or this is a good strategy to help me like cope and like grow from it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, that's part of it, right. Is you always have to get what I call, you know, clinical with things and sit down, take a step back and ask yourself, okay, you know, what is like really going on here? Right. Am I, am I turning to food to numb some kind of emotion? Like, is there some sort of discomfort that I'm feeling that I am trying to replace with eating? You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that I talk to my clients a lot. And I mean, I've been a victim of my, or I want to call it a victim, but I struggled that with that myself, right? You know, always thinking about food and when is my next meal going to be? What am I going to eat? Because for whatever reason, you know, I was, unfulfilled in some other area of my life and it can't and maybe it's not even unfulfillment maybe it's you know stress or anxiety or whatever that may be but I think so often and it's why you know we work with clients who have gained weight is because they turn to food the minute they they feel like they cannot cope with something mm-hmm. did you have that um like when did you have that first I guess like recognition of that happening you remember? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I, that's a really good question. And I can't say that I have the answer to that. Like, I remember food was just always love for my family, right? Mm-hmm. So for as long as I can remember, that's kind of like food is what we, what we did. And, yeah. or eating is what we did. So my best memories growing up, like with my dad, is him taking me to school in the morning and us going out to to breakfast and getting Belgian waffles and then, you know, or getting donuts on the way to school or, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. may be, there was like food was always involved. And so like, to me, like that was love. Those are my memories. Um, so I don't, yeah, but I don't remember, you know, as an adult, like when that really kicked in and I feel like I kind of 
started turning to food. I mean, it may have been just kind of like all along, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just like one day you kind of like recognized, oh, that's happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and, and even when I was, even when I had, you know, really a borderline eating disorder, food was still constantly on my mind. Right. Yeah. So it was just different types of food. So like I said, I had this like obsession with sugar-free gum where I literally pe- two two packs a day because I needed something. I needed, I, had, I don't know if it was like an oral fixation or it was like a nervous energy or what, but I had to constantly distract myself for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, or if I was feeling like I really needed to eat something, I lived in a sorority during college and they always had sugar-free jello. So I would like go and get a big bowl of sugar-free jello like every hour, you know? Yeah. So there was always something, uh, yeah, to kind of like numb those emotions. But I think for anybody who is struggling with food and struggling with their eating habits, it's really doing the, the hard work that is self-reflection, you know, yeah. and figuring out where those emotions are coming from. Yeah. Do you, um, when you work with clients on that, do you have them like journal or kind of ha- what's the, like, what do you like tell them to do? You know, I don't necessarily tell them to journal, but mm. it's definitely something that we have a conversation around and, you know, I tell them to think about it and, and usually we just have the conversation, you know, yeah. together, but everyone's different. I mean, to me, like journaling didn't really ever help me I don't think but I was listening I don't know if I was reading something I can't remember who it was who was saying this but you know they were talking about people who have a problem with binge eating and that journaling can be really helpful for that and it did it was like a light bulb moment for me because it's like if you slow down and take the time to like get out a journal and sit down and actually write out your thoughts was it Sarah Duff Yes, she did was. like a live thing. It yes. Live. yes. Yeah. Yes. I listened to that. And yeah. That. And like, <laughs> like for me, it's always like, go for a walk. Right. I mean, uh-huh. that is to me, like going for a walk, getting outside nature is like the antidote to anything that anything negative that is happening for me, but because I've never been a journaler, but mm-hmm. I can see how that would be really effective because like when you're getting those thoughts down, it allows you to slow down. It allows you to, you know, kind of like have some introspection and then it's like, all right, you know, I'm giving myself some space and some time. And hopefully at the end of this, I will not have that feeling anymore. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. She, I think like the phrase she said, it was like buying time. I was like, that's, that's exactly it. It's just like distracting you. Right. And, and getting you, out of that scenario and then stepping back and be like, Oh, I actually am not hungry. I'm just eating because I'm bored or like eating out of whatever, you know, like emotion or, and then you're like, Oh, actually I didn't even want that in the first place. Exactly. You're like, Oh, cool. Okay. I'm going to go out with my life. (laughs) And here's the thing. Like, I feel like so much, so often we, we want to eat or we turn to food in situations of, you know, boredom too. So Mm -hmm. if we're just sitting around the house and, you know, maybe with that boredom comes, you know, some time alone and some self-reflection or we're in our own head, you know, we're starting to feel kind of like, you know, anxious or whatever that may be. We're having negative self-talk. And when those things come up, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go eat something to distract myself or to make myself feel better in the moment, which we know never works. It lasts what a minute. And then, you know, the food is gone and you're still sitting there with your emotions. Right. Right. But I don't know if you've had this experience where whenever you are really engaged in something, so for you, maybe it's, you know, when you're doing a podcast or when you're creating an infographic or when you're with your clients, whenever you are doing something that really like lights you up and gets you excited, you're not thinking about food. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so true. I think about that all the time. Like, oh my God, it's been five hours. I've been training clients. I I didn't think about food once. And I'm good, right? Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's finding ways to add some joy into your life that can help you, um, you know, kind of break that habit of turning to food. Yeah. And I think like kind of going full circle, going back to being like happy with yourself, uh, that is something that can tie into like negative self-image, like just finding things that you love about yourself or finding Mm -hmm. things that you love to do that bring you fulfillment. 
that can almost like rewire your brain or your outlook. Like, so when you do look in the mirror, you're not just looking at your, your physical like being the contents of you, but you're actually like looking in you, which it kind of sounds weird, but it's like, if you, if you look at yourself with the same way that you look at a friend that you really admire and you're, you connect with on like a deeper level, it's like, you're not really looking at their body. You're looking at like their soul. And it's like, that's the same. That's like how you connect really well with someone is, like soul to soul, heart to heart, whatever. It's not like, oh, my body looks great next to yours. Let's be friends. Like, <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. And you know, here I am again, getting super vulnerable. But <laughs> I love but it. <laughs> I, I, I have to do it because I hope that whoever is listening to this really like allows this to resonate because it is super important. Uh, I was married briefly for a little bit less than two years, and it was still at a time where. I was self-involved and all I cared about was my body and how I looked. And I was super into, you know, working out and my ex-husband and I, like we worked out together. Like that was the thing that we loved to do. Um, But you know, we also liked to eat and I was still like restrictive with my diet. So, I mean, it got to the point where he ended up leaving the relationship and I, I know now that the reason for that was because I was a miserable person to be around, right? Like I was so self-absorbed and always thinking about, you know, how I looked and, you know, getting really down on myself and he had to like constantly hold space for that. And no one wants to be around that type of negativity, you know, like Mm. it gets really draining. Uh, So I guess it's just, you know, my way of saying that people care way less about how you look and they care way more about how you make them feel. And I know in that relationship, I did not show up in a way that made him feel like loved and appreciated because I was too consumed in like with myself and and thinking also that no matter what, so long as I look good and I'm lean and I have this great physique, then he'll always stay with me. Right. So I thought that my body was like a security blanket in a sense. And little did I know that that was not true. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Holy Uh, shit. That's powerful. Also, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Cause that's, I think that whether, you know, you're married, you're single, you're anything, it doesn't matter. It's going back like what you said oh my god I like wrote it down um people care less about how you look and how you make them feel like Mm -hmm. yes a hundred percent like bajillion million percent and oh my gosh I think the what I've been focusing on so much and this going back to my clients is okay so there's maybe their scale weight's not changing so much and they're a little frustrated um but they're telling me about all these like things like oh my gosh I feel so great like this is this and then they'll be like oh but my scale weight's not changing like I still feel like this and I'm not so happy with my legs and but they're talking about how great they feel I'm like hey look guess what progress is progress but I care so much more about how you feel and your mental state and like you know, your perception of things rather than your physical appearance. And at the end of the day, that's what matters, you know, because yes. like you're, you're in a hospital bed, like you're dying, but you're happy and you're overweight. You're not going to care if there's like, you got some fat on your, you know, like whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, no one, no one ever says at your funeral, damn, she had some nice abs, you know, like, <laughs> although i secretly hope someone says i have said nice glutes (laughs) well you do (laughs) so do you so do you thank you uh yeah i mean that is not that is not how people remember you at all yeah yeah oh man that is and that goes right back to what you said at the start is like creating your legacy right like Mm -hmm. how you can uh help people or how you can make people feel it's that transcends so far past your physical being Mm. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to put in words actually, until you can, you can almost be at a place, maybe you're not permanently at that place, but you, you reach a point where you are happy, you know, and yeah, there's always room for improvement. But I, I think that the, the work that we all should maybe start shifting our focus toward is like, is that mental growth and, 
uh, improvement rather than focusing, like hyper focusing anyways, on the, the little extra, you know, two pounds that we have to lose. Like, you know, it gets, it won't ever be enough and you'll always want to be a little bit more this or a little bit less of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, you're doing the best that you can. So just like smile. It's going to be okay. You know? (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, the other thing, Sam, about that is you've really got to find joy in the process, right? Yes. So here it's like, we all want, or we, we say we want the perfect body, but if we really had it, it wouldn't be as fun anymore because it's yeah. like, what are you working towards? Right. And, and part of it is enjoying that process of self-improvement and seeing yourself get better. Right. Or seeing, you know, the glute development or whatever it may be. Yeah, so like, yeah. If we were already where we wanted to be, then it wouldn't be as fun. So it can't just be about that end goal. Like that could be something to work towards, but you still have to enjoy all the steps along the way that get you there. And when you get there, there's always going to be something else. So yeah, yeah, you can't be so hyper-focused on how something should look or when you're going to get it. You just, you have to love the process of getting there. I love that. Oh, Marcy. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, Okay. So I kind of want to wrap up, but what I want to do before we go, uh, two things. One, I want to know your, either you can, you can take either option. You can pick A or B. Um, Either, (laughs) you only have two options. Um, Either like your three, the three, three top mistakes that you've made in your fitness journey that you want to share or like three biggest tips for people listening, it could be about anything, but things that you learned kind of in your own journey that you want to share with my audience. Okay. So let's go with option A, the three mistakes that I made. One would be not spending enough time first developing a base of strength and muscle. Okay. That's an awesome one. That is what is going to give you the physique that you are after. Mm -hmm. That would be one, two, doing too much cardio (laughs) yes because that made me skinny and ruined my hormones (laughs) and and then three would just be fueling your body with like real nutrient-dense food and eating enough so you know I was probably eating I don't know a thousand twelve hundred calories of you know basically chemicals (laughs) yeah yeah so just making sure that you really fuel your body because for me you know, health is so important. And when I realized that I had compromised mine, I would totally go back and do it all over again if I could, you know, and I don't want anybody to, to go down that same road. Yeah. I was going to say, well, I mean, I don't like that you had to go through that obviously, uh, but I'm sure that everyone listening, if they do take your advice and you guys better, uh, (laughs) they probably will appreciate you sharing that, you know, because it's like, we can all learn from it. It's like, we all have something that we've done. They're like, why the hell did I do that? And I hope no one ever does this. And I think that's why kind of we become coaches because we want to help people not make the same mistakes as we did um, or at least like accelerate the results and get them farther along in a lot faster way and (laughs) not, not fall for the, uh, the magazine uh, Photoshopped photo. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. So, well, I'm glad that I was able to share all of that and I hope, that it resonated with people who might be struggling or going through the same thing right now. Well, I know for sure it helped me. Uh, it's it's uh-huh. also like, re- no, for real, like it, it's also really helpful to just know, right? Like we we have this like online presence and we, you know, we, we try to like make it fun and approachable, but we also have like a, a pretty, uh, a deep story, you know, and there's there's something in us that we you know, we've had this like life experience and it's really great to be able to share it and like connect with people on the, on the interspace, you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I always kind of joke that the majority of fitness coaches that I know came from this spot, right. Of maybe being overweight, not feeling good enough. Like rarely do you hear them say, Oh, you know, like I was weaned from the get go mm-hmm. and you know, like I just loved working out. I mean, yes, you hear like I loved working out and that's why I wanted to do this as a career. But usually the impetus of working out was because they felt 
uncomfortable with some part of themselves yeah, before that. Yeah, 100%. That's, like, the driving fuel. I think for you, maybe, like, you get up in the morning, maybe you don't want to get up early and train clients because you're freaking tired. But at the end of the day, you know, like, it's so fulfilling because it's, like, it's so cool to to help someone that's been in a place that maybe you've been, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I love that. Oh! I'm so happy we did this. Aww, this is <laughs> I know. Um, so for everyone listening, where can they find you on social? Okay. I spend the majority of my time on Instagram. So the handle is just Marcy Nevin, M-A-R-C-I-N-E-V-I-N. Uh, I do have a website, which is Marcy Nevin Fitness, but pretty much everything that's on my website is on Instagram. And yeah, that is the place Awesome. Yeah, Marcy has amazing diagrams. She actually was one of the first people that I followed with amazing infographics. And I was like, this, she, you just like make nutrition and fitness like very simple. Um, And it's really hard to do because it can get so hyper complicated for no reason. But you do such a good job at like reducing it down to its basic form and making it easy to, to digest. So uh, well, I appreciate that. that yeah. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah, you, you are killing it. You're killing oh, it with yours. Thank you. I'm, so I'm trying. You're yeah. you're my role model. <laughs> um, well, hopefully we can get together. In real yes. Life, so. California, here I come. <laughs> or Boston. Yeah. Here I come. But oh yeah, you are coming. You are I coming am. I will see though, you right? in like a month or so. I'm so excited. I love it. I will, oh. I will be here. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening, and thank you so much, Marcy, for taking time um, and being on the show. And I'm looking forward to future collabs with you for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, enjoy the rest of sunny California, and uh, good good thoughts and vibes to the smokiness in your area. <laughs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, All right, bye. Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you, Marcy, for taking the time to be on the show and getting super vulnerable with us. I think if we've learned anything, it's been that you can gain weight, you can lose weight, your body can change totally, but it's more about your legacy and not how you look. It's how you make people feel. So please, please, please let me know what you guys think of the episode. Leave me five stars on iTunes and give me a review. It will help so much. I really appreciate all of your support and looking forward to tuning in with you guys next week.